0: Kimberly, right. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs Podcast. I'm Henry Chisholm, uh, presented by the American Raptors, the podcast, not me. Um, so, as I mentioned on the last podcast, which you guys might not be listening to in order, I just realized, like, these are going to come out ten hours apart, nine hours apart, um, but... I'm recording this Thursday night because I'm busy. I've got to go catch a plane tomorrow. If you want to hear more on that, listen to the podcast for this because I told you all about it. Um, in the time since I pressed pause and then started a new podcast, um, I had a realization. And it came when I was like making this podcast. I have my labeling system. This this podcast right now is BuffsPod061022, which means it's June 10th, or it will be when this goes up. And... That is my sister's birthday. And I'm going to see her tomorrow. I'm not going to have a present. Because I didn't think of this. Um, I know. I, I, I'm i in a bit of a panic. Like, I don't even have... Like, I could re-gift something. If I could shrink wrap that Connect Four game over there. I don't know. What do, what do you get a 17-year-old girl? Like, makeup? I don't even... Well, I'll find out tomorrow. Um... Black hair dye sounds like her, but, uh, like, yeah, I don't even, I don't think I own one thing she would want. Like I have a nice TV. Like that's why I invested my money in is a nice TV. I don't think she'd have any interest in it. I don't think she'd take it. Even in like the fridge, She, she, she's vegan, but no, she's vegetarian. Other ones vegan. I, I love meat most of the things in there are inspired including including a little bit of turkey but uh plates cups like they have no interest i can't think of one thing in this apartment that my sister would want i'm going to keep thinking about that but not right now during the podcast um the, again just to I, I already said this this is now tomorrow's podcast that i'm recording tonight um and you're listening to tomorrow now for you my, i'm right now yesterday for you so, like I said yesterday for you, but like f- half hour ago for me, we're doing like a little whip around of the old internet today. Um, there's some things that happen on the internet that are very notable. There's other things that do happen on the internet that don't matter. And there's honestly many, many more things than probably either of those combined that don't matter At all, But it's a Friday for you. It's a Thursday night for me. And it's a bad Thursday night because I'm going to be up going to the airport at 4. But I think that this seems like a good time just to do a little whip around of the the things on the internet, good or not good or important or whatever. Um, We're going to start... You know what? Let's do this in order of how important it is you hear them to the opposite, um, the least important... Um, because I have a feeling you're gonna turn this one off. This is not gonna be a good podcast. Um where we're starting though is with I mean if we're doing a whip around of the internet. You know it's starting with John Wilner. John Wilner, the king of the Pac twelve, the reports everything that happens first, and then also just has like all the background knowledge on anything that happens. And he's been doing this series on the Pac twelve media situation, financial situation. And part three came out today for me, yesterday for you. And I think this is... No, it's not the most... There were some really important numbers in the previous ones, which you can go back to like last week and listen to kind of what was up there. But this is also very insightful stuff. You know, when before he was reporting things like the numbers and projected numbers and where the Pac-12 stands and the payouts, those sorts of things. This one's more just straight, straight about the media deal, but specifically in relation to the Big Ten media deal. So, here's, here's what's up. So, in the summer of 2024, the Pac 12's media deal expires. It's actually, I mean, a couple of media deals, right? Um, you know, with ESPN and with Fox. I think it's just those two. They don't have games broadcast anywhere else. No, they don't. Um, that expires in 2024. Big 10 deal expires in the summer of 2023. So next summer, a year from now. So they're a year ahead. And because of that, they're in the middle of their negotiations right now. One of the things John Wilner said is that as soon as those negotiations are done, the networks will turn their eyes to the Pac-12. They're not going to like dilly-dally or anything. That's just like, this is what's going on now. And this is what's going up next. And so the Pac-12 is kind of waiting. It's... Uh, an interesting situation to be in you know obviously with both of these two things happening right now there's there's a lot that's intertwined you know you can make the case that's better to go first you can make the case that it's better to go second you know if you go first all these uh, networks are bidding and saying like hey we'll give you this for this we'll give you this for that you know all of that and and in the back of their mind they might be thinking because if we don't get college football through you we can get college football through the other guy next year but if we don't get one there, there's no college football media rights that are coming up in the in the near future. So say you're CBS and just lost the SEC. Well, if you don't get the Big Ten, you're going to be desperate for the Pac-12. Um, so there's there's like different ways of looking at it where it's like, yeah, it's nice to go to market first and kind of get all these bidders in there where they want it. But also, I mean, you could have some desperate people or companies, networks, that come through with the second guy. So they are intertwined. I'm not sure. I don't think he ever says whether it's better to be one or the other. And I should say this as well. He talked to some sports media experts um, anonymously, and they kind of gave their thoughts on the situation, what's important, that sort of stuff. And I took a couple of notes here. What you should do, though, is go listen or go read what he wrote. Wilner Hotline, you can read it just about everywhere in the West Coast. Um, Denver Post has it. Uh, the Mercury News. I. It's weird. I'm so tired right now. I'm not even confident in the Mercury News. How many times? Yeah, it's the Mercury News. I've said that hundreds of times on this podcast. But go read it. Um, but also, if you don't, here's what it says. Um, there are two big takeaways from the sports media experts. And this is probably what's most interesting to me. Um, the Pac-12 Network probably will just not have football or men's basketball after this. Just won't. Um, they'll they'll probably sell all those rights. Or they'll sell the Pac-12 network to ESPN, and it becomes ESPN Plus, and then you could actually see some football-basketball games. There's kind of two paths there. I thought that was interesting. And, and I guess we've talked about this part at length on this podcast, but the interesting position that the Pac-12 is in is that it has all of its rights available, all of its media rights available that same summer. And that's for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, because all the football and basketball stuff is set to expire. But then they didn't make a deal for their tier three stuff, you know, whatever the other things that are happening are. So all of that, all of like the, the Olympic sports, all of the low end men's basketball games, all the whatever else, the high end women's basketball games that people might be interested in, basically are just on Pac 12 Network. I guess there's some women's basketball games that aren't regular. Yeah, there's definitely regular season games that aren't on Pac-12 Network. But um, for the most part, all that stuff is there. And and if it is on ESPN or whatever, those rights expire in, in 2024. And obviously anything on Pac-12 Network, they own those rights and can sell them. So I don't I don't know if he said, but I'm pretty sure that's never happened before and it's definitely not happened recently. And it's definitely not happening with the big 10 sec had their, their big deal that went through, was that last year? Is that two years? I think it was last year um, when they left CBS and, and got in bed even closer with ESPN. But before that, I think they already had, it was through like 2038, their tier three rights were through ESPN already. Um, And that's kind of the kind of deal that you see a lot. So, so, he does note that George Klyovkov has been saying, like, yeah, there's parts of the situation that are obviously not good. But, on the flip side, you do have that level of flexibility and, you know, potential to sell all of them to one place or, or split between two or whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, that that kind of ties in with the Pac-12 network because that's why. Because they've just been on the Pac-12 network everything else. Um so that was the first point that we kind of branched off of a bit, and that's that the Pac-12 network probably not going to have football, men's basketball, probably just going to be streaming only, and probably just for Olympic sports, maybe some women's basketball, that sort of stuff. Um, the second big thing from the sports media experts, according to John Wilner, the, the delay in the new college football playoff plan was bad for the Pac-12. It would have been good for them to get that expanded early and you read that and you're like yeah that makes sense to me and then the reason was totally different than what i was thinking in my head um and and what he wrote was that those those smart people who study these things say that if say say the pack or say the college football playoff expands say it's now 12 games and because of that um let's say cbs broadcasts some of the early games cbs broadcasts you know the the first round and ESPN keeps control of everything else. Uh, if that's the case, then CBS is going to want to do whatever it can to build up college football during the regular season to take advantage of having those, you know, to take advantage of, of profiting off of how many people are paying attention at the end of the year. So you build it up all year so that you have that, which is an interesting point. And CBS, I mean, CBS could be Fox or it could be NBC or whatever. Um, that was just a name I chose. Um... Yeah. So there's that part of it. And it also notes like even if it expands it's probably still all ESPN anyway. Um so this doesn't come into play, but there's a ch- there was a world in which that happened. Um so that hurts. Um just a couple other notes. Uh Big 10 should get about 900 million per year um from from its TV deal. Uh Pac-12 could be half that is what the the smart people said. Um and it, it red is though it's like worst case scenario you know it could be so bad that they only get half so it seems more likely it's more like two thirds or maybe I'm being optimistic who knows um doo-doo-doo. if ESPN isn't part of the Big Ten deal they want Pac-12 more uh, the more Big Ten content there is on Fox the more ESPN needs a Pac-12 the more Big Ten content on NBC the more CBS needs a Pac-12 that stuff all just makes sense. Um, so there's going to be somebody who's kind of left out here. Um, and, and we're, we're within a year of this, like really heating up, like kind of nearing the finish line in a year. So we'll follow along as we do. And again, it's really important that you get more money. I mean, in sports money is everything. And Colorado does not have the money that Georgia has. And that sucks. um, you know, what? let's let's take a break here. Let's take a break here and then we'll really whip around the rest of the internet. Sexy pizza is my favorite pizza. I mentioned this before they uh they brought pizza. They bring pizza to the to the bar. Not I mean just for like for the av show, but then they bring like four boxes so I go up and eat some of it um before all the avs games. So that's been awesome for me. I've tried some new pizzas. I'm not a very creative pizza eater. Like if I'm just getting a pizza, it's pepperoni. Um, maybe throw some sausage on, probably not though, if I'm being honest. Um, I, uh, I've started eating pizza with like more things on it cause they get creative over there and it's actually really good. And honestly, it might be, no, I can't say it's life changing, but it's getting close to it. I might wind up changing what I eat on my pizza because of sexy pizza. And that's kind of an endorsement of what they are. Um they also have a promotion that runs through Sunday I believe. Let me make sure this is not updated. Yeah, through Sunday if you go to www.sexy.pizza you can use the promo code DNVRAVS all one word, DNVRAV yeah, AVS um and you'll get 15% off your order. So that that again works through Sunday. We're hoping to get it expanded for the Stanley Cup final but we'll we'll see Uh, it's been around the community there's four locations in denver there's another down in trinidad sexy pizza incredible gluten-free stuff vegan stuff whatever you need they've got it also light shade dispensary we love light shade they've got 11 convenient denver metro and aurora locations they actually just opened a new location they call it the barnum location it's right off of sixth and federal and it's the biggest light shade store. They've got specialty products that aren't offered at other locations. So get into Lightshade and you know, the you'll be happy you did. There's a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Plus podcast listeners can get twenty five percent off all non sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online if you want, or go into the store because it's an awesome it's an awesome store. And finally, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, it's an incredible place to do your betting, uh, especially right now if you're a new user, because if you download the app, you can bet five dollars on N- any NBA bet. So it can be like Celtics to win the next game. It can be Clay Thompson to make three three pointers. You know, there's a bu- there's a bunch of different options. You can bet anything $5. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. Just pops up right in your account. Um, you can even put those $5 on something crazy. Like, I don't know, uh, Steph to put up 50 And you get awesome odds and make a bunch of money. And then you still have all those free bets. And so you try to hit the jackpot with that one. And then you just have all these free bets to use on more reasonable things in that game. Um, So get in on that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. It's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, I think that the last thing is a DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week. And here's what we're going with. Um, Where's taking the Warriors to win that series? They're plus 200 right now. They're a good team. Yeah, they're down, but it's Steph. It's all those guys. Like I, I'm not worried when I bet on them. I was tempted to do something else. I specifically was thinking like Avs to beat the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final, um, which is, and I think the Rangers are like plus 400 to win this series. And the Avs, that probably gets that up to like plus 700 or so. Um, Would have been aggressive. Stay on the lookout for that, but that line's not up right now. I bet by the end of the night it will be. I uh, just that like you can get the next game, but it's like plus 155 on the Rangers or some other stuff. It's like, eh, I don't know. Um, but definitely DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Steph, or sorry, the Warriors to win this series, win the finals. Um, all right, back into the internet. We're really going to whip through these. We spent longer than I expected on that first part. Um, here's a fun one. And like I said, going in order of importance. Um, I guess importance might be the wrong word in order of the order we're doing it. Um, this is the ESPN college football power index for the upcoming season. And I'm not sure when this came out and I'm not sure how often they update it because things change so much at this point. Um, but it is up and I think there's some fun stuff. We're just going to run through the projected win total. Oh, is that how we do it? Let's start with, yeah, let's do projected win totals. Um, First, with 9.3 projected wins, Utah. Second, UCLA at 8.7. Oregon, number three with 8.6. And they're actually the second in terms of power. It's a schedule thing. That's why UCLA gets the edge there. Um, Then USC, which is the fourth best team by FPI, 7.9 wins for USC. Again, don't. College football playoff bets are insane. The fact that people are predicting that just blows my mind. Um, but, but ASU, 7.7 wins. Washington, 7.3. Oregon State, 6.0. Cal, 5.5. Stanford, 4.9. Washington State, 4.7. Arizona, 3.5. The Colorado Buffaloes projected 3.2 wins. Um, one little caveat there is that the Arizona Wildcats are actually like lower on the FPI, significantly lower. I think is probably fair to say on the FPI. Um, it, it's a schedule thing again. They they've got some easy games at the beginning. Um, but but they're currently Colorado's 86th in FPI in the country. Again, that's like 131 teams now, maybe 132 with James Madison coming in. I can't remember. Um. So there we go. There's the most important thing. Next, we go to C No, 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 no. I went the wrong? Twenty-four-seven sports ranked the Pac-12 teams in terms of returning basketball production. Um, surprisingly, oh, we might as well hit them all. This is the list in order of returning production for the basketball team. Number one, Stanford. Number two, Utah. Number three, Arizona. Number four, Oregon. Number five, USC. Number six, UCLA. Number seven, Washington State. Number eight, California. Gotcha. Uh number nine, Arizona State. Number ten, Colorado. There we go. Number ten. Only two teams lost more of their production. Not what you think about when you think about such a young team, right? Surprising. But then you remember, you know, Jabari, Keyshawn, Evan Batty. Here's what this says. The loss of Jabari Walker to the NBA draft and Keyshawn Bartholomew to Oregon will certainly sting, but this Colorado roster is still very close to being a real problem next year. Tristan De Silva, KJ Simpson, Neat Clifford, and Julian Hammond III form a core four that you can really build around. De Silva looks like a rising star, and the Hammond-Simpson pairing could develop into one of the best of the Pac-12 under or into one of the Pac-12's best. There we go under taboil. Um, interesting, they bring up Keyshawn but not Evan. Surprises me. You know, the loss of Keyshawn Bartholomew sting. like I'm not. I don't know. I I think that that was just a good healthy thing that happened. Still, like in terms of returning production, just by the numbers. Yeah. Losing Keyshawn does sting in this regard. Um, Returning points, 39 percent. They lost four or 61 percent of their their points. Returning rebounds, 50.1 percent. Turning assist fifty six point nine percent, returning three point field goals forty one percent. I guess might as well say Washington eleventh, Oregon State twelfth. They lost everybody, but that is what they needed. Um, CBS Sports, David Cobb. This is uh the the players in the Pac twelve who will I guess let's see yeah the the Pac 12s top five overall incoming transfers in football followed by the best transfer for each remaining team so that's a there's a reason they put in the headline I'll say that um most important transfer best transfer it's Caleb Williams to USC number two Jordan Addison to USC number three Travis Dye to USC number four Mario Williams to USC number five though Bo Nix to Oregon. USC did not get the sweep of the five most important transfers, five best transfers. Um, and here for the for the rest of the teams, uh, we don't need to hit them all. Um, we will hit Colorado's RJ Sneed. And that's correct, right? I don't think that there's – Josh Younger's Tomatoes the other place you look, but RJ, no, I think is a pretty easy answer. Um, so we'll knock that one out. As we move toward the less important things to talk about, we start to find some things that I'm pretty excited to talk about. Um, I guess, are we down to one? Yeah, let's just hit this last one. There's another thing we're going to get to next week, though, that I'm excited to talk about. This one's interesting. This is actually kind of old. This is May 18th, so three weeks ago. Collegefootballnews.com. I love that they didn't put a name on this because I'd feel bad talking about it the way we're going to talk about it, if there was a name attached to to this story. Um, But what it is, is Colorado's top 10 players heading into this football season at number one. No, 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 no. We're going the other way. At number 10, Alex Fontenot. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. He's a top 10 player. You know, is he number 10? It seems like he could be a little bit higher than that, honestly, but sure. Number nine, Brady Russell. Yeah, I mean, you're not expecting him to put up like huge receiving numbers, right? A lot of his value comes as a blocker. Number eight, RJ Sneed. Honestly, a little bit low. A little bit low. Uh, Number seven, Quinn Perry. This is one where it's like, uh, you know, he does some things well. The standards are high after Nate. That's what I'll say. When you watch Nate play and then you look over and watch Quinn Perry play, Nate's a better football player. But, of course, he is. And now, Quinn gets to go into his senior year, and if he plays better, then who knows? We could look at him totally differently. But, you know, it's just interesting to see him there. Um, Number six, J.T. Shroud. J.T. Shroud is the sixth best player on the team. Is that true? Because I'm not even sold that he's the starter. I don't know. Hopefully, it's right. If if J.T. Shroud is your sixth best player, either that team... Sucks, and there's no talent, or you're actually gonna be pretty good. Like, if they add a quarterback, like that'll solve some things. Number five, Frank Phillip. Mm, I just can't get there. Like, I respect, and again, like, he's playing hurt last year, he's coming off the shoulder surgery, but it he struggled, he struggled, and it was an offensive line that struggled as a whole, but he struggled. Um, number five, like in front of Brady, like, uh, uh, yeah, um, number four, Ramon Jefferson, that's right, wait, maybe he hadn't decommitted by then, let me double check, okay, I double checked, I was going to say some terrible things, um, then I realized Ramon Jefferson actually commit, or uh, decommitted two days later, so, can't. Can't make fun of college football news for that one. He was on the team. In terms of having him up that high, honestly, I think they might be right. Um, I, I do think that he would have been the starting running back if he was around. Um, that's a that's one of those big lo- – when they're out on the field next year, It's go- there's going to be times when you think, like, oh, uh, wish they had Christian Gonzalez. Like, oh, wish they had Brendan Rice. Wouldn't that be nice right now? You're not gonna think like, oh, I wish I had Ramon Jefferson, just because he was such a small, like he was here for three months and never saw the field, like he never. I I think he went to Boulder for a visit, and that's the only time he went to Boulder. Like it's different losing somebody you never really had, Um, but I do think that he would have made a big impact, and that's a big loss. Um, Number three, Terrence Lang. It's interesting, right? Interesting. Um, not all that productive last year. Ah, that's not even fair. There's another level that he needs to get to. Because right now, saying that he's better than Brady Russell, like I just don't think you can say that. Um, But, like in terms of what he should be able to do this season, yeah. Th- and that's why, if you want to have him three, you can have him three. Number two, Jalen Sami. You know, I... Again, without getting into like who would move up or anything like that, if you had Jalen Sami five and Terrence Lang six, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Four and five still probably good. We give him it two and three. Yeah, I I don't know. But again, like then what? Then who is there? If 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 you say Jalen Sami isn't there, then who is there? Is it Alex Fonteno? Is it R J Sneed? Um, is it number one, Isaiah Lewis? You know, that's, uh again, led the team in tackles last year. Third year as a starter. Couple of interceptions. It's interesting. It's interesting. You know, I, I've said this a couple times in different ways, but I was thinking about it today, and, you know, what is this season about for Colorado? It's about finding good players. Because there's just a bunch of guys on this roster who you don't know what they are. You know, usually when you have, whatever, an 80-man roster, you, I guess it's, what, 85 scholarships. Let's just say 85 scholarships. Usually you have 20 to 25 guys that you know what they are. Or or maybe they're like juniors and you're like, ah, yeah, you know, they're going to get better. But for the most part, you know what they are. You lost a bunch of those guys last year. And because of that, you're still going to have 85 guys but you look around, and, and you know what 10 of them are. And so you have these 75 unknowns. And that's just a wild place to be. Uh, Like, you know, Devin Grant has played three three games. Three games he's had defensive snaps. The first one, he was bad. He was bad. Second one against UCLA, he made a couple plays. He also struggled to set the edge a couple times at critical in critical situations, and th- there are ups and downs. His third game against Utah, he was pretty freaking good. Had a couple tackles for loss. Seemed like he was everywhere. And so, what is he? Is is he going to be like a monster for you this season? It's possible. Is he just going to be an average football player? That's probably what's most likely. Is he not going to be all that good at all? Yeah, that that's possible as well. And and that's just one guy, so you have him, you have Alvin Williams, who I'm very high on, but has played even less than than Devin Grant has. Um, those guys blocked by you know Guy Thomas and Terrence Lang for one, but then also Chance Maine, a transfer from the FCS level, who has one year to play. Is he really good? Could be. I don't know. Josh Gustav has been solid. Can he kick it up a notch? It's possible. Um, and, and, again, we're just in that one position group right there. Zion Magalay. You know, the, if, if Zion Magalay breaks out, you know, I think that's probably less likely than, you know, a, a Devin Grant or uh, uh, Alvin Williams. It's also possible. Um, so, that's just one position. You look at the others. Like, what is Mr. Williams? What is Owen Carey? What is Marvin Ham? Even we haven't seen all that much Marvin Ham, Kayla Moore, Torrance Pittman, Nico Reed, Nigel Bethel, Tyron Taylor, Trevor Woods, Dylan Dixon, Oki. Uh, I mean, you can just keep going and going and going with these guys. The entire receiver's room, except for RJ Snead, and even that, you still kind of have questions because he was playing at Baylor before. You know, the running backs outside of Alex. All the tight ends outside of Brady. Like, there's just so many guys. And, and when you just look at him, it's like, yeah, you have Daniel Arias, Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, R.J. Snead, Ty Robinson, Montana Lamonius, Craig, Chase Penry, and then the true freshman. Like, yeah, you're going to have three good receivers. No idea which three. No idea at all. at At all. And so... Figuring that out and then kind of building a – like what, what you want is to be decent in the beginning of the year, figure out who your good players are, and kind of pick things up, build a little bit of momentum late, which is going to be tough to do because the schedule gets really tough late, and then hold that group together and say, okay, here's our core guys. Here's, here's who we're building around these next couple of years and then make a bowl game next year. That's the way I see it. Save the offensive line, Tommy Brown, Frank Phillip, Casey Roddick, Noah Fensky, Jared Christian Lichtenhan, Jake Wiley. Austin Johnson, the younger guys, like who knows, who knows? So I don't know. We'll leave it on that. This is just like the biggest unknown that I've seen easily since being a caller. And that includes one. Like I didn't even know what the team was. Uh, I didn't know any of the players, but yeah, that's going to do it for today. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Monday. We'll find some fun stuff to talk about. I'm fired up. Hope you are too. I'll see you then.